What is up, hoopers, analytics, bad guys, bucket getters, boosters, blue bloods, and new bloods? On today's episode, we have special guests Ray Bolton, father of Rashir Bolton, as well as Caldwell Zag, giving us great insights about the transfer process, as well as some potential big news that may or may not be happening. We'll get down to the bottom of it. It's going to be a good show. Hey, Who fans, how would you like to get a 125% sign-up bonus up to $2,500? Join BetUS with promo code NEWBLOODS, that's N-E-W-B-L-O-O-D-S, at BetUS.com, where the game begins. Hello, Hooper. My name is Tuck Clary. I rep for Slipper Sulfates and Busting Brackets. And joining me today, he's currently setting up the OnlyFans for future coaches. But still, he makes time to collaborate on conspiracies about potentially the biggies and much, much more. It's Austin King. What up, boys? How's it going? When he's not dropping NIL bags with his law colleagues, he's petting his cat named after Kennedy Meeks. It's Kyle Sessions. Hey, what's up? And when his phone isn't ringing off the hook with fake sources, he's being subtweeted by Jeff Goodman, being <laughs> called a very bad, bad boy with bad rumors. It's Josh Linky. Yo. And it's the man, the myth, the legend, the clown, the troll, the fisherman. When he's not out on the streams, you can find his recruiting and Gonzaga news at callwellzagrecruitingnews.com. As well as following him on Twitter at Zach Caldwell. It is the man himself, Caldwell. Hey, what's up, guys? And lastly, but certainly not leastly, the Zags, they got dads. We have Ray Bolton here to discuss the transfer process and talk a little bit about Rashir's future. You can follow him on Twitter at Prodigy Hoops. How's it going, Ray? Going on, fellas. Pleasure to be here. All right, we got a lot to get to. Um, Caldwell, since you're here, I feel like recruiting news and notes are, are you know, invaluable to say the least. Uh, can you give us some insight on uh, some of the prospects that we're looking at? Yeah, I mean, right now, we're kind of in a weird time. The evaluation period actually just started today. Um, open evaluation for high school kids. Uh, we're definitely going to be checking out um, some kids. Uh, coaches are all over. I know uh, I got a couple different coaches in different spots that I've talked to. Um, we're definitely going to be watching some more of uh, Dusty Stromer, Stromer this year. Um, he's freaking tearing it up. He's our top priority. Um, another name that's been popping up here lately that's for next year, uh, Leonard Miller. Um, he's a big kid out of Canada. Um, I know both Brian and Roger have both watched him. I think a couple other coaches have watched him too. And he's got a lot of potential, but he's pretty raw. But kid could be future lottery pick. Um, what got a lot of other insight on my on the site with some of the transfers we're looking at. The one thing, and this is where Ray could give us some, you know, insight from the player side is transfer portals the wild west, man. There's hundreds and hundreds of players in there every single day. And we're making contact with a lot of people just trying to gauge their interest. So you're going to see it reported that every person that hits the transfer portal has heard from some school and we're going to be mentioned a lot. So hopefully through this, we can kind of like narrow down the guys that we're actually targeting. Like 
you know, last year we got he it was quick. Like I heard about it, and then like a handful of days later, is bam, he's committed to Gonzaga. So um, I don't know what what else you guys are wanting to know. I would love to answer questions. Yeah, I, I just have some questions about those those two incoming 2023 and 2022 kids. Leonard Miller, he's he's a kid that had like a wild growth spurt in high school. It seems like he grew like six, seven inches. Can you do, have you heard anything about his development as like kind of a super raw kid? I believe he's like six eleven with a seven foot one, seven foot two wingspan. Yeah, no, that's exactly what happened. The kid went from almost an unknown prospect to growing six or seven inches, and now by some sources being considered a future five-star prospect. Um, what the staff has seen in him is he, he has a lot of potential. And that word potential is always a scary thing in recruiting. So we've watched him a handful of times to try to see if he gets continued to make the jump. Um, he, he received an offer from us this last week. Um, so that should show right there that he's made a jump enough that he is on our radar. And Dusty's visited Gonzaga already. Uh, he was at um, – what game was he at last year? Does anybody remember? Was it the Texas, Texas game? Texas. Yeah. yeah that, I mean, like, that was quite the, quite the game to have him see. Yeah. Uh, can you talk about uh, Dusty? Like, are there shades to any former Zags that you see in his game? Oh, man. It, I, I love his game. Like, he is the – prototypical zag wing uh he a lot of a lot of people he reminds me of um one that might i don't know he a little bit of matt bolden in his game it's probably because of the hair to be honest it kind of looks like <laughs> oh, he's got the hair, hair. like but, i don't mean this as an insult in any way but like dude reminds me of a disney channel star just like babe magnet for real 100 he's gonna be in the next greta gerwig movie for sure yeah he, little, new timoth timothy yeah. chalamet dude that's yeah, gonna be I mean, huge for nil too is we're gonna get him in some disney channel movies greta gerwig movies <laughs> while he's at gonzaga for sure he kind of he reminds me a little bit of, of Kispert, and I know I know you know that's it's a it's an interesting comparison, but like he he's got sneaky athleticism, um, and this is the most coded shit. <laughs> Are you kidding me? He <laughs> reminds me of Corey of Kispert, and he's sneaky kids. athletic. Hey. Okay, <laughs> come on, Josh. The comparison works. <laughs> oh man. No, but I, I think he's got – he's sneaky athletic, which is the thing about Corey when he came in. Not a lot of people realize coming in that Corey could yam on people. And um, Yo, Chris Stapps just said Corey Kispert's like one of the best cutters he sees in the NBA right now. Yeah. Like out yeah. of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, it's, the, the, difference between, and... the difference between Dusty, though, is that he actually has a bit of a handle. Like Corey, yes. when he came in, he did not have that at all. Um, he was definitely more of a pin down guy, good shooter. He could play a little bit of defense and he was like, he's a lot bigger than people expect him to be. And he does have that athleticism like Josh is saying, but I think Dusty can actually create a little bit for himself more than, than Corey did, but he's definitely more slide of frame than Corey was coming in. Yeah. He's like further along than Corey was at this stage. Like oh, Corey, for was, sure. Corey was like a sub 100 prospect when he came in. Mm -hmm. Not that that's a bad ranking or anything, but like, no. You know, he wasn't like a like Dusty's what like top forty or something in the nation or something like that. Yeah, so, he is. um, you know, it's it's 
it's just a different it's a different play he's in a different spot in his recruitment and he's thousand percent um, you know i, I it's, it's an easy comparison to make for obvious reasons but he's got um, a little bit of joe harris in him <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's a lazy comparison you're right my bad no, no, man. I mean, like he's a scoring wing. Gonzaga, Gonzaga yeah. just recently started having scoring wings, as we've seen. Like that yeah. wasn't always a story for this program. Yeah, I think, I think that's what is a big transition for us is we have switched kind of how we play, and with Corey and Julian, we have that scoring wing now, and Dusty's just that next in line. So the, it actually is a good comparison. But like, dude, like it kid's legit and he it's going to come down to us and ucla um i i get messages all the time be like oh arizona's gonna land and i just kind of chuckle he um, does he does look like he's ready for los angeles though yeah he yeah. Did, i mean those disney movies would be right in his backyard in la <laughs> so yeah so um kind of to transition a little bit over to the transfer side get uh, some input here um, obviously, we're looking at like Fardaz, Amac, Efton Reed, um, Johnny Broom, some of those bigs because, you know, potentially Timmy may or may not come back, um, as well as we're losing Chet Holmgren. Um, can you speak a little bit to like where we're at maybe with Fardaz at this point? Like, is he still a realistic option or is this something that, um, you know, maybe we've cooled on him a little bit? Yeah, no, I could confirm that we haven't cooled on him. Um we are, we're trying to, we're trying to get him to be that we, he's, I think he's got four visits lined up right now. Um, we're trying to get that fifth visit lined up with them. Um, and I think we're in a good spot. I'm not going to say we're going to get the visit lined up because you know, he's got about, he's got, I think eight or nine schools that are actively recruiting him from what I saw on the latest like list. But, um, I do know we are working hard to get that last visit and you know we got coaches talking to him left and right yeah that's like the wildest part about the portal right now is like fardas when he first announced he listed like 20 schools that immediately contacted him he's like all right i've limited my list we now have 10 schools i'm considering after like a bunch of just whining and dining it's like those high school kids that apply to like 40 schools and then they put together the graphic and they're like, hey, I got a million dollars worth in scholarships. It's like, yeah, because you applied to 50 schools. I also spent $5,000 to get <laughs> on <these> application <laughs> fees. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the graphic's a, sick. I have a question about um, Fardoz just because I know he's from Canada. We have a great Canada pipeline. BC's close by Spokane. They have the same media market. Do you think that any of that is going to entice him to want to play in Spokane or, or be close to home in any way? Or Look at it... NIL Kyle. Great oh. question. Can he get NIL, uh, though? He can get NIL in uh, British Columbia, which yeah. is going to have oh, Gonzaga in their SWX market. is aired in BC go. and in... So he just, uh, he just in... hops the border real quick. And Alberta, all of a sudden... so we've got that local market. There you go. So, he can go to Kamloops and do a car dealership up there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, that's my question. Is is that is that something we can use to maybe sell him on it? Um, I know he started down in Georgia, I think. So just curious. Um, seems like he's moving closer and closer to the to the border. Yeah, I don't know how close or how big of a draw playing close to home is. Um, I don't know that part, but I do know that we still have very good connections with some of the Canadian um, guys up there. And that's where our initial connection with him came is from, from Canada. It didn't, 
Yeah, I mean, he re- he reached out to us. We reached out to him. Mutual interest right off the bat as soon as he hit the portal. Um, but it it came from Canada down. So another interesting aspect about this is like um, obviously you're you're juggling a lot of different guys because you don't know who you're going to land. You don't know who's 100% interested in the situation. We, we got a guy like Efton Reed who's at the portal. And really, let's be real, like the entire roster LSU is at the portal at this point. Um, no, so, like literally the entire uh, Yeah, like literally. R.I.P. will weigh. That man's been killed. Efton was like a top, you know, 20 kid in the nation last year. I, I hate using the word kid, but he, he's a top 20 recruit in the nation last year. Um, what what are your thoughts on Efton? Do you think that there's any mutual interest there or is that kind of like, Please. you know, Please let that, there be interest. I need interest. You need you need interest. Well, I, I need Efton. <laughs> it's been, so he's. He, I think I put this on my site. He's like my favorite favorite big man recruit. I, mm-hmm. We we were on him early, early in his high school career. Um, never gained a ton of traction, and like honestly, his recruitment in high school was kind of a it was kind of all over the place. Let's just we'll just put it nicely yeah he he switched he switched his pick like literally 30 minutes before right like it was something wild like that like he said pit and then mm-hmm. he's like ah just kidding we don't yeah, do well right. with that it, it was that efton is from virginia okay oh, yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Right. yeah. he's from Virginia, virginia right? legend ray bolton tell us about <laughs> efton reed please yeah what do you know <laughs> I don't know anything as far as recruit, but I, I, I will give his mom a call. I, I've been thinking about that to just see. But he is a Virginia kid. Um, you know, his recruitment was a little bit all over the place, um, seemingly the first time around, uh, just kind of back and forth. Um, you know, I don't I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't really have any, any intel on that other than I do know the kid is open, and I would not expect him to make a decision early. Yeah, I, I could, as, as far as knowing his camp, he played in the same AU organization. Like I said, he, he's a local kid. Mom's very involved, um, you know, in in his process, and and he's he's definitely going. I I would say he's going to take visits. He's going to go through the process. He's going to wait. He's going to see how everything shakes out. And that's kind of how a lot of those guys I know with the portal process and of a certain level of stature, you know are going to take it. And that would be my two, two cents from just kind of knowing, you know, from the peripheral, their situation and his family and just, you know, just kind of knowing, seeing the kid and how they moved since he was in the, what, the eighth grade. Yeah. You said something right there. You said in the same AAU organization, how big is that for these transfers? Like these, these guys know each other for years. How big is that? It's, it, it, it is definitely as important a part as any other part. And, and I'll say that because it, it is not no, no different. Again, we just, just look at basketball, look at the NBA. It, it, everything trickles down in the model. The model is, hey, guys, let's get up and play together. Like that is that is what the model is. And again, you know, you know, I, I laugh at the, you know, we've been around just the players. I mean, the national championship game, Dave Mondo, they played with Rod. Oscar Sheway was on the same team. And you talk about guys that if, you know, theoretically everybody has a year, like, hey, man, why don't we just go somewhere and play? Um, so I do think that's important. I do think especially with guys that are early in their college careers, you know, the AAU connection more often than not is a, is a, 
is a director, if not an indirect influencer of the decision. So that comes into the place, play. And, and also, you know, AAU coaches feel calls. You know, this is the first live weekend. You, you, there are going to be conversations about the kids on the floor and the kids in the portal all weekend long that are associated with the, you know, with, with, with different AAU organizations. So it is a major, major part. And then a lot of families will go, hey, listen, we're getting in the portal. Can you call some people? Is, is there any interest? Uh, so I definitely think that it plays, you know, for us it was a little different, but it definitely plays a, a absolute part in the process. He mentioned so, a guy, um, Oscar Sheway, um, that had played with, with raw. Um, obviously there's a guy in the portal that could be looking at that Oscar Sheway situation in, in a lot of detail. And that's Johnny broom from Moorhead state. Um, probably in my opinion, one of the best bigs in the entire country last year and, and very, very overlooked for his level of talent. Um, you know, I, I wonder like, if Sheway does decide to to move on and go pro, um, if that's a lock to Kentucky, what what do you think, Caldwell? Is that is that something that to keep an eye on, or or do you think uh, we still have a potential shot there? Yeah, no, I think I think that Kentucky there is there's something there. Like the one thing that I did find interesting is one of Calipari's uh, former assistants is his coach this year. Would Calipari take a guy from his former assistant? I mean, I think that that's just something to think about. I don't know the answer to that. That's just me talking out loud. Um, but I definitely know we've reached out. We have interest. Um, he is going to be another guy. Read him. I think there are going to be two of the later ones to commit. What, you, what you're going to see is a bunch of these guys um, go through the NBA process and that's going to slow things down and until a couple of these bigs like Oscar and Drew and some of those guys make a decision, some of these transfers are going to sit and wait because do I come to Gon- do I come to Gonzaga and sit the bench or, you know, cause that could happen. You, you come to Gonzaga and Drew comes back and you play exactly the same position as Drew. You're not going to play over Drew, but right. so these guys are going to take their time. And I think we're in a good spot. I, and you know, few and co they they know what the team needs, and they know how team players play together. So that's what they're going to be looking for: is guys that can they can play with Drew, and guys that could take a spot if he does end up going. Yeah, I think that's the biggest question for picking a, a big man in the transfer portal is you have to find someone that can play on their own. Let's say Drew does leave that could, you know, have a starting role and have, you know, maybe over 20% of the possessions and be a centerpiece of the offense or someone that can slide in next to Drew if Drew decides to come back after testing the waters. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, but that's going to be important as well. That's Efton partially Reed. why I love Efton Reed Efton as Reed. someone that's probably going to be, you know, two years at Gonzaga if he does transfer. Efton. But he has absolutely extremely high NBA potential. And this is kind of what I want to talk about with Ray is what what have you seen in Efton's growth in his game that could potentially fit Gonzaga? And what would Gonzaga fans like Efton expect Reed. from a player like him? I think Efton feels uh, that rim protector role to mm-hmm. to a T. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that, yep. that he is a a a auxiliary big, uh, kind of like you say, he's a he's a big that can play alongside. 
I don't know if he's offensively the focal point, but it, the way that, you know, Gonzaga plays, that's not necessarily necessary. He'll rebound. He, he moves better. Um, but with any type of potential lineup, and I won't even play with any of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't want to go out on a limb yet? Yeah. Wait, uh, you don't want to say your son Andrew's coming back? Because we'd love to hear that. <laughs> but, but I think Efton just really fits. I think Gonzaga would give him a chance to grow and grow into the, the player that he needs to be. You know, it was mm-hmm. the SEC is a little, little different. Mm-hmm. Um, Big time. You know, it's not really a big conference. I don't know if he's a Big Ten kid. That would be the other conference that, you know. You, it's you also play. a fraudulent conference. Yeah, so. it's fake. Yeah. Soft. Hey, I got, you got no arguments for me there. <laughs> <laughs> I think. But, uh, <laughs> Afton would fit great, man. He, he's a great piece because he fits. He doesn't need the ball. He can go get mm-hmm. the ball. He's a growing player. And like you said, he has an incredibly high ceiling. Oh, I was so, just going to say, in two things, like. I can't think of like a better replacement in terms of what Chet's duties were this year than Efton Reed because we can talk we can talk about uh, you know the game plan and all the schematics of uh, this Gonzaga team in 2021-2022. Chet Holmgren in that role was a Ferrari as your A to B car, and you know you don't need someone with that just mass of talent to play that role with that limited amount of usage rate. And Efton is sure as hell capable of being even more than what that role was. So mm-hmm. I think that'd be a perfect fit. And, and I expect him to become a better shooter. Like if you, if you watch him, his form is not bad. Like early on in the season, he was taking more shots from three that LSU offense, as our friend Kyle Sessions knows was absolutely atrocious. <laughs> Sick of and that. so there was not, it's not like he was getting good looks. It's not like the offense was creating stuff for Efton. That's why you don't see his offensive production be extremely high, but he has yeah. all the talent in the world to be a guy that maybe he's not putting up Chet level numbers because that's totally unfair, but he could be a very good replacement for one Chet. Thing, one thing you mentioned um, in, you know, when we were talking a, a few weeks ago was the, the vertical spacing that Efton provides. Mm-hmm. And I, that's a point I would like you to touch on a little bit more detail for the audience. Cause I, I feel like that's something that not a lot of people understand just watching the game. Like, um, what what would he be able to do even if drew timmy comes back that would actually help open up the floor more than what we maybe are used to spit verticality king <laughs> i mean vertical spacing is just say there's there's horizontal spacing where you've got the three point line but then you've also got above the rim and it means that you're just going to be able to attack from different places and you're going to have to keep bodies on all of these players. You can't sag off Efton Reed on a pick and roll, for example, because he's going to jump over you and dunk on your head. (laughs) If you do, that's the problem. Like if you look at guys like um, Rudy Gobert, for example, now Donovan Mitchell won't pass him the ball now, but uh, if he had a point guard that would pass him the ball, you would see him score around the rim a lot more. Remember DeAndre Jordan with the Lob City like Clippers? Yep. That is vertical spacing. Same with Blake Griffin. Neither of them could really shoot threes at a high rate, but because they were able to catch lobs, they were able to create a ton of space on the floor. And that is what made that offense so difficult to stop. And so having a player like Efton 
would just be absolutely massive uh, for spacing, even if he isn't a great three-point shooter. Yeah, I said I said as soon as he entered the portal that he was like the biggest diamond in the rough because if mm -hmm. you look at his stat sheet, 6.3 points, 4.3 rebounds, it doesn't jump out at you, but also he had an incredibly limited role. I mean, his usage rate, I believe, was 17.8, and he only played 48.7% of the minutes. Like, there's a lot of just like, you know, there's only so much you can do when you're playing the same role as Tari Eason, and Tari Eason's, you yeah. know, a future top 10 pick. Like... I, I think that I think that dude's going to have a huge, huge sophomore season. Yeah, and then and so, he was playing with no point guard. Like he didn't have a point guard at LSU. I'm yeah. sorry. Like uh, you know, they just did not have a real offense at all. And that does a lot for Kyle, but it does nothing for me. <laughs> it does nothing for Efton, that's for sure. Kyle loves basketball that I looks just, like badminton. I yeah. just want everyone <laughs> I am in protest of all of this shade, but I'll live with it because everyone now is an LSU fan. So all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, LSU has cool players that we want to see. So, you know, it's whatever. I've been yeah. on that train. I was here. just what, doing a long you know, scout. Murray's transfers? That's it? <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, it's literally their entire roster right now. Yeah. Two, two former Murray State players. That's yeah, so if you weren't it. an LSU fan, you're a likely to be because there's currently 12 players that could end up on your team. So, exactly. you know, whatever. I see what you're saying. Okay. Should, should we get into some of the transfer guards that Gonzaga might be looking at? Yeah, I mean, so Nigel Pack and Adam Miller kind of interesting. Um, there was some Curbelo talk early on, but it's there's this secret weird <laughs> – commitment to st john's i don't understand what's going on there um and then we have to raise a bunch of capital to bring regier back we need a fat <laughs> nil deal please well, that, everybody buy everybody <laughs> buy your good feet insults today <laughs> yeah, everybody go to smoke hands good feet tell them regier and ray sent you <laughs> I, I was gonna say that, that he may not be in the portal yet but maybe we can talk a guy who is already here into transferring back to Gonzaga. Yeah. I don't know. That's you know, all right. Maybe... We can't, we can't put too much pressure on. Yeah. We, yeah. Right. This is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're just here to promote to... good feet. Hey man, it's all good, man. It's good to be good to be liked and wanted, man. We appreciate it. We will. We want you back bad, please. Look, Tuck, Tuck wrote an article today for slipper about how impactful raw was to that immediately team. immediately and, right like from day one and i don't really think people realize because they, they were so focused on chat they were so focused on drew um even andrew i mean i'm guilty of that probably a little bit but, <laughs> you're the number one you know, offender <laughs> raw like what he brought to that team show him the was... tattoo josh show him the tattoo <laughs> josh got a full back piece of just andrew's what he, face what he brought to that team was absolutely like there, there was i don't think anybody thought oh 45 percent from three like coming that was absurd the level of shooting and spacing that he brought to that team um, you know, and, and not just that, but like consistency in, in games where other guys didn't show up, he showed up time and time and time again throughout that season. And that, I, you know, I, I, I gotta say it, it was amazing. I still remember, uh, when we had Ray on with Claude that one time and we were talking about how surprising it was, how lethal of a shooter R R Regier was. And, and Ray was like, well, I mean, he did it in the catch and shoot in Iowa state. And like Ray knew <laughs> hashtag Ray knew. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he did Definitely. say if it, it was it was I, I can say this 
you know, I, I read a lot more than I respond to. So some of the stuff was definitely motivating. I, I will, I will say that, you know, it was, it was leading up to it. It was like, oh, okay. Yeah. He's <laughs> keeping I notes. Yeah, I, always. That, that's what dads are here for, man. You know, you got all those <laughs> like, hey, man. Yeah. Hey, Ray. Hey, Ray. As yep. going through the transfer portal last year, what, what was your biggest draw to Gonzaga? Like, you know, I, it's funny. I, I'll start with what, what Ron's older brother kept saying. One of two. They were one of two teams left at the end last year. It was one of two. What is the decision? Um, you know, that was that was obviously the first piece. But, again, just understanding basketball and the fit. Um, you know, just I, I always knew or, or understand if, if given the right situation and circumstances, you know, I know what my son is and I know what he can do. And, you know, I'm – you know, a little bias per se, but just when, when discussing and going through it and understanding fit. And, and one thing I will just say about the portal that you, you've all touched on is it's, it's a, it's a slow process that, that most of the things are smoke and mirrors, you mm-hmm. know, when, when like, you know, our conversations with Gonzaga were longer than people would know. And, the you know, so a, a lot of this stuff is really, calculated a lot of this stuff is is conversations because at, at, at a certain level it's honestly like well, we not we can't make a decision until we know what your roster is going to look like and mm-hmm. you know and, and everybody kind of moves um in that way just so for us it was it was just understanding the fit they talked about it the basketball made sense they were 100 percent honest so we knew what what it was going to be you know when we had the conversations and, and what the role was going to be and knew he could live up to it. And hell, number one team in the country. It was pretty, <laughs> it was pretty easy at that point. <laughs> I, I mean, like what's Gonzaga's identity, if not get out in transition, get as many possessions as possible and score high quality looks. And who led the team in fast break points? Rashir Bolton. Who led the team in three point shooting? Rashir Bolton. My man shot 47.5% in transition. It doesn't get better than that. And I, you know, I appreciate that article, man, because I didn't. I, I pride myself on keeping up with most numbers and stats, but I was at forty-seven and a half in transition. I was like, "That's that's not bad, kid." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, that can bring you some money. Proud dad <laughs> moment right there. I mean, right. Russ here finished top fifty in four categories in the entire country between three-point percentage, total shooting, effective field goal shooting, and offensive rating, and there was just those games where everybody as a Zag fan was concerned because we'd be down by a few points and there were just like, he would get to the bucket and, and outrun everybody out hustle everybody. So, and that's the thing that Mark few is all about. You know, that's the reason why we've had, uh, you know, guys like, uh, um, Drew and all those guys that come in and Watson, like we value that because we see them come in and hustle and like they do their role. They play their, they play their part in the bigger puzzle and it all comes together in the end. So I love that we're talking transfer because we're going to see that next puzzle and what pieces are going to fit in those different slots and where those guys are going to fall next year. So um, it's going to be, you know, we went from last episode or the episode after the loss, we were all just like so devastated. Now it's just like all, all looking up again. Uh, it's all looking up again. We're all, I'm energized again just ha, after that, you know, have you become morning. optimistic Ray or are you still depressed as <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've, I've slowly come out of it, but it did, it did take a while for the jet lag and the, and the fog to get out of my head. That, 
that's for damn sure. But uh, yeah. you know, kind of like you guys, man, just to, to refocus, redirect on on brighter days and brighter futures, and and you know, hope the best is yet to come. So we we kind of excited, but yeah, damn sure suck. I was just talking about it early tonight that oh. I don't even remember the damn game because it was a daze. It was just a daze in the Motor Center, like so. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. It was uh it was what an ugly game. Right. It was it was what it was. At this point, like we've I, you know, we moved on. It's um it happens. And I have think, we? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. I, I'm, I'm totally I'm moved on. Yeah. I'm, so I'm, not, good. I'm not constantly thinking about, you know, uh the ugliest brand of basketball I've ever seen somehow won. I'm not I'm not <laughs> mad about that. I'm not mad about some flop charges, you yeah. know, some pin fouls that, you know, I don't know what verticality means when defending the post anymore. I'm, I'm over all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. I'm, totally, I'm not totally. going to let a bunch of piggy fans get in my mentions and take them down, okay? Bro, it's okay. They have like 20 kids coming in this year. Yeah. Talk, <laughs> like, talk about not being honest with players and being like, yeah, you're totally going to play as you've got just 15 kids on your roster telling them all they're going to play 20 minutes a game. Good luck with that. Get it. Getting sorry, uh getting two six foot seven getting two six foot seven plus McDonald's all Americans and then immediately getting four six nine guys in the transfer portal. That's that's cool. That's <laughs> yeah. great. Cool. That's not gonna work. Sorry. Right, if you're Jordan Walsh, why are you going to Arkansas anymore? Like your playing time just went down to two. Be ready your five star kid. Who's it? Who's the kid in Nevada that played for Musselman that just ride the road the pine? That was Jordan, like Jordan Brown. Brown. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I, I'm not going to try to go too negative on Musk because I, I do think he's a good motivator. He's, he's a good coach. He knows how to game plan. Yeah, but that's that's because of... he's snorting Diet Coke on the sideline. <laughs> of course, like, of course he's hyped, bro. My man well, chews yeah, I mean, gum aggressive. But all, all I'm going to say is simply that that fan base, I, you know, they have some very, very wild expectations heading into this year for good reason. For some, you know, for some good reasons. Oh yeah, they have the they have the roster. That's for yeah. sure. But yeah, I talent. just don't know about that level of experience on that roster as a whole. And as you play with the portal, you could die by the portal. Like if you all if you fill up your team with lots and lots of transfers. It's it's not always going to work, you know. Yeah, ask the, Texas, ask Oregon. Right. Like, where were they at this year? Exactly. They just put a whole bunch of talent on a roster and said, "Figure it out," and nobody ever figured it out. It took too yeah. long. And you and can't. like, there's there's something karmic, and like, I don't believe in the mumbo jumbo, but there's something about saying. I aggressively want my two best players to go pro or like, or just like negging them on their way out. Like they're like, okay, Jalen Williams, you think you can go pro your jump shots broken. So you'll be back. Like, it's like, what are you doing to saying that to your own guy? Like, what is that dude? I, as a Zag fan, like there is nothing better than watching our guys win at the next level. Like, oh, and it doesn't I want where I want win, every like, team photo, every little meetup like between the Grizzly and Wizards, like all that stuff. That's yeah. that's that's half the fun of being a fan of a of a top 15 school. And it's not it's not sure. even just about where like yeah, is the goal of the NBA for sure, but there are plenty of other places that the guys can win. And um you know, look at what Kevin's done overseas. Look at what um you know Gino. Nigel's done Kyle Wilcher Wilcher yeah, like, yeah. Gino back to back baby yeah back to back is there a MVPs. dude 
is there a dude who's living it up more than Kyle Wilcher right now? Like, dude is always on boats in Greece. He Jet just life. had a child. Seems um, pretty beautiful nice. wife, beautiful kid. Like, come on. Like, he's living the life. Bro, it is so wild. Like, on that Drew Tibby announcement, uh, there's people, you know, the, the, the casual troll just being like, okay, enjoy China. And it's like, Bro, where are you right now? What are you up to? Like, like, all right, bro. You <laughs> made a couple more, bro. Spain, Calm down, bro. <laughs> how many? How many uh, lottery pick? How many picks in the draft did you get picked at? Like, were were you a lottery? Where did you did you go in the first round? Uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm just tired of like 45 year old armchair quarterbacks imagine, on Twitter. Imagine, about- like, imagine saying that like making six figures playing basketball is an L. Like. Imagine that, right. like bravado. Like it's like, bro, what are you doing other than two K? Yeah. <laughs> so one of the one other question I did have for you, Ray, was was about kind of like this. How, how as a player and and a parent coming from that kind of like perspective, how do you assess a fit coming through the portal? Like you said, with all the smoke and mirrors, with with teams telling you this, teams telling you that, and then having to worry about like doing visits via zoom doing you know like just talking over the phone like it's it's hard i imagine it'd be incredibly hard to kind of make that decision with with limited information it it really it really was it was a challenge um for us just having basketball relationships just being you know it not being our first time and just knowing a little more um you just got to really be careful you got to ask you got to have uh, courageous conversations, as I like to say, like you got to ask the coach directly, listen, is, is this guy coming or who are you recruiting? Or, um, you know, I, I looked at how you've played certain guys over the past few years. Like what is the, what's different about our situation, but you really have to, in my opinion, take the control. And it's really more of a negotiation to some degree because it's a win-win, you know, because we all have choice. And that's why understanding, really understanding who you are as a basketball player is important um, because you, you guys have mentioned a couple of different transfer situations. You can believe you're something and go into a situation and try to prove it and totally look opposite of what you were trying to do, um, you know, especially at the high major level. like mm-hmm. So you really just have to have courageous conversations. You really have to evaluate. You have to really dig through the bushes. Ask for parents, ask for former players. You got to go past the fluff because all you have is a Zoom. Shucks for us, we we didn't visit until after we were already already done. And that's you're talking about across the country. So, you know, it was it was really for us about basketball. And it kind of goes back to, you know, the early college. Would you would you be in a situation, you know, with, with, without basketball? Like, would you go there if it goes? If it goes left, can you be there? And you really got to add all of that into it because there's there's at Arkansas for Arkansas recruiting us very heavy, you know, and they just got a lot of guys. And you know, I think Musselman does a good job with his guys, and it really comes down to like, oh yeah, we're gonna bring all you guys in, the cream gonna rise to the crop. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, mm-hmm. but you know. Uh, you have to know yourself, your kid, and and is that the best situation? I, I, I will say this, though, guys, on a slight side note, uh, I, I did get a, a text back from someone that said that the big fella, well, I asked if he would be interested in Gonzaga, and 
I got a hell yeah from someone who's definitely well. Oh, there we go. Oh, Ray. Ray, Ray I have been Ray, happy. I have been staring at myself in the mirror saying Ethan Reed's name, giving positive <laughs> affirmations for like Chuck a month. Chuck is now. writing poems. I'm on writing Twitter. poems, Ray. Ray, I've been writing poems. Assuming that's even <laughs> who you're talking about. But yeah, I, I, I literally just I texted his, uh one of his coaches that is close with him in the process. Just asked, and he, his response was, "Hell yeah, he's interested. He'd be interested." So, Ray, if you're if you're looking at the roster, you know the kids that are coming back next year. Who, you know, we got we we all want Efton as a big guy. Who is in the transfer portal that maybe we don't see that you're seeing from AAU that would be a good fit? I mean, besides, you know, maybe your son coming back. <laughs> I mean, definitely Efton. You know, I, I do think that 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 power forward or that that defensive versatile guy is a is a spot um you know I, I like the guys you mentioned you know the it's a big out west I think from Utah Utah State I think I may have a school wrong yeah, uh, you know so I, I think that you know and, and again I think that really for for Gonzaga probably the guy or guys that they'll bring in probably aren't really known as of yet because there's still there'll still be some guys that jump into the transfer portal. There'll still be some guys that you know uh, uh, enter the draft first and then transfer second. And um, so I just think that with now you know the PITs coming, it, it, it'll be it'll be a while, and and it's and it's just really fun banter between now and and really it's, it's May thirtieth, you know June first. You know the the date to to, to go back to school is June first. You'll start to see a whole lot of comm commitments the second, the third, that week, because guys will know what, what rosters are and where guys are going. And then situations will become real clear. And they'll like, oh yeah, okay. This is, let's go. So I wanna I wanna mention something just about Efton in my head that really intrigues me is the fact that he's seven foot two forty. And when we if we can get a guy with that size and that physicality to come in and put all of these uh, other Power 5 centers on on posters night in and night out. No one can comment about how Gonzaga's bigs don't know how to bang because that, that guy knows how to bang down low. So I just want to see that just for my own personal health of uh, being on Twitter and being engaged <laughs> with people who don't think Gonzaga can play physical in the post because our two guys who have played there in the last few years have all played a very finesse game, a very, you know, uh, footwork heavy and kind of fundamentally sound version of basketball where we could get a guy like that who could straight yam on anyone in, in <sighs> the NCAA. And that, that's what I want to see night in and night out. But bro, my mom, my mom t texted me today asking why can't Gonzaga get a David McCormick? So I desperately <laughs> need this oh, to no. happen. Too. Dave does have another year. <laughs> hey, come on over. We, we, we could get the AAU team back together in Spokane. Hey, yeah. hey there we go. And he hit three three really nice jump hooks to end those uh that championship game. He looked a little bit like Drew Timmy, so we could probably put there some some heat on that jump hook and uh um well I want to ask you Ray uh because you know you're y'all are considering kind of the next steps and I just wanted to know kind of the other side of it. We talked about what it means to transfer, what it means to think about coming back to college, but what's the other side of that look like in terms of, you know, looking at where, where you want to go in terms of the next steps, uh, going, going pro, getting paid for this, making this a career. Um, what, what are those questions that swirl in your, in y'all's head and, you know, you and Rasir kind of talk about this, I'm sure. So 
just yeah. curious what those questions are that you're asking yourself or I mean, asking it's each exciting, other. Man. It's an exciting time. Um, you know, the only the only real question is, you, you know, are you ready? And that's, you know, it's, it's an affirmative response. Um, but it is, it is somewhat like, you know, the recruiting process to, you know, as far as picking out agents or what you're going to do or going about it. Uh, so that has some similarities. Um, it's really just being prepared. The, the, the question that you have is, is, is you know, you know, the first question is, you know, we get into the combines and what teams would, you know, you work out for and, and, and that. Um, but we just kind of keep it very fundamental, man. You work, you stay ready, so you don't have to get ready and focus on working. And, and you know, we've been educated on the dates and the times and, the, you know, all of the, the ins and outs. And, and, you know, kids, a lot of kids are fortunate that a lot of this information is pushed on them and because, you know, a lot of kids play a lot of kids in the, in the country can have opportunities to play professional ball. So, you know, for us, you know, it's just really, you know, we, we were just ready to go, um, ready to work, ready to see, just like any other kid that you've worked your behind off for all these years and you, you kind of get to this point and, you know, you're like, all right, we're here. Let's, 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 you know, let's, let's see, let's swing the bat, so to speak, or shoot the shot. Um, but, but really it's, it's kind of a, a process that's, that's structured out. You know, the, the dates are what they are, the, the combines are where they are, the entry, like, so it's just be your ass ready and go kick somebody's behind when you get there. Like, it's, so it's, 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 it's definitely exciting, though. I'm so excited to, to hear on one of these telecasts uh, of these scrimmages, hey, can somebody put a hand on 4-5, please? Like, can somebody <laughs> find him? So... Ray, thank you so much for joining us, giving us some insight on the transfer portal. This this has all been really enlightening. Nah, man, I, I appreciate you guys having me. I love what you guys do, man. Congratulations on the GA spot. Um, you know, I, I just I just really appreciate the the banter and the joy and, and how you guys defend, you know, Zag the Zag community kids and and, and how you guys are always out here and doing something that that is needed and, and revolutionary in my opinion um on this on this platform and in this space man so anytime like i said you know i consider you guys welcome my family us and our family i consider you guys family so anything i can do you know, like i said I, I, whatever i find i'll get you guys some insight after after <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate it man. we got the thank plug so i appreciate much. it so much thank you, you again man. All right, thanks again to all right, thanks again to Ray Bolton for joining us, giving us insight on what the transfer process is like for a parent and a little bit of more intel on a potential recruit. Fellas, there's something else that has caused quite a stir on Twitter that um some people on this podcast are partially if not entirely <laughs> responsible for. Um Josh, you want to talk about it? So yeah, I mean the the 7,000 pound elephant in the room. Um, I think everybody wants to know what's going on with Gonzaga and the big East. So let me, let me just set the table a little bit. Um, and Caldwell can speak on this as well. We'll, we'll kind of get, get his input as well. But so I, I've been talking to a lot of people over the last couple of days, uh, really leading back into last week. Um, and there are several sources in the WCC and the Big East that have indicated that the Big East is actively courting Gonzaga. 
Um, not going to really get too deep into details on what that courtship might look like, but I can say that if something were to happen, it's not going to be for next year. It would probably be either 2023 or 2024 or 2025. So, you know, these are, these are things that are going to play out over the next couple, couple years here. Um, one thing to keep in mind is that the Big East has a TV deal that is set to expire after the 2024, 25 season. So that's, that's not next year. That's not the year after that's, that's three years from now. Um, and currently that TV deal pays about $4 million per team per season. They want a new deal in the ballpark of roughly five to $6 million per team. And that would have to include any expansion that that conference takes on. So, um, you know, talks are ongoing with that league and not just Fox, but like CBS, ESPN, there's multiple networks involved uh, negotiating out for the rights to those TV, um, you know, those, those games on TV. And, uh, you know, as far as where, where are we at? Well, I think that the Western Big East schools are very supportive of the idea of adding Gonzaga as it balances out the power of the league. Those teams, the, they're, they're newer to the conference um, as a whole. And I think that they feel that the Eastern teams kind of run things at the, at the moment, teams like Villanova, Providence, Georgetown. Um, and, and those teams are the ones that kind of had a little, con have had concerns regarding maybe, you know, what, what scheduling will look like traveling if Gonzaga were to join the league. Um, I can say that scheduling would likely remain at 18 games for, for the big East because, um, teams like Villanova have so many engagements in the non-conference already that they really can't afford to go to 20 or 22 games in league play without it pushing some of those other, um, you know, existing agreements, like with their, you know, the big five in Philadelphia out of the window. Um, one major hurdle though, you know, this is, this is not a done deal. We're not talking about like, oh, Gonzaga is imminently going to join the Big East tomorrow. I mean, anything's possible, but I, I would say that the, the big hurdle right now is that where is Gonzaga going to put the sports other than basketball? Are those going to remain in the WCC? Would those potentially go somewhere like the Big West, the Big Sky, or the WAC? Um, that's, that's all something that's in play. And, you know, it's really dependent upon what does Gloria Navarez and the rest of the WCC presidents think as far as, um, you know, leave, letting basketball leave and where and whether those sports could stick around. Um, let me kick it over to Caldwell. What do you think as far as where this situation's at? And, you know, can you add maybe something to that or, or give us some insight as far as where you think the process is at right now? Yeah, no. So I think we went uh, viral yesterday on Twitter uh, <laughs> trending because of a post I made on my site. And I, I said, it's, we're getting close to the finish line. Definitely not at the finish line. I mean, we're probably running the mile. And we got a lap, a lap and a half left. Is this a two K or? <laughs> Dude, I, you guys, four and, you guys, four and a half you're, laps. You're, you're you're making me feel old. Like I run to the fridge and back to grab my beer. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, like I'd be opening the door of my fridge if the I was me here. I haven't grabbed the beer yet, so I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't opened it you haven't grabbed it you're just getting you've got your eyes on it the cold I, cold I, brew has not quite yet touched your lips exactly i drink a little ipa from 10 barrel brewing right now so hey we're doing good Respect um, the brand. yeah i probably shouldn't say that on here should i sponsor the podcast on. 10 barrel. hey hey 10 barrel we love Anheuser you Bush, the podcast. The <laughs> hey, uh, oregon's my, own baby my, we have plenty of hazies 
my my address just send it right my way i'll give you i'll put that in the chat so, <laughs> uh, but no so kind of you know thirty thousand foot view here is our right, gonzaga and the big east have this it's kind of this dance they've been playing for a couple of years um every every off season the rumors start um some dude uh some sports better who actually i found out he does follow my site said it's imminent it's not imminent um this is probably the earliest it could probably happen is 23 24 and i highly doubt that's the case um when we're looking it's probably the end of that tv deal because i don't know if fox is going to be the one that gets a deal with a new big east um i don't think fox is going to be able to outbid um maybe Maybe even some services you guys haven't talked about yet. Um, there's some streaming services that could make a big run for a deal like this. So that that's just that's is something. This I, Jeff Bezos, uh, instead of buying a sports team, he's buying the Big East. We're bringing, <laughs> bringing the Big East to Amazon. I I can't confirm nor deny that. But, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, Elon, it's Elon, gonna be it's gonna be uh, it's Jeff Bezos and Elon, Elon Musk working yeah, together to do a hyperloop to, to uh, the East Coast. You're gonna have to get you got to buy a Tesla to watch Gonzaga. <laughs> it's it's like in the car panel too. It's that like center modem. That's the only place you can watch the games. Exactly. We're all gonna be driving around just to watch our damn games. Um, but no, like realistically, I. Fox is, there is some talk about renegotiating the Fox deal to get Gonzaga there before the end of the TV deal. Um, the hurdles that I keep hearing, and Austin, I'm sorry, but Providence is one of the big hurdles. God and damn it. Wow. Ed. Ed Cooley doesn't want Gonzaga in the Big East. God, God's team is trying to keep me. <laughs> Dominicans oh. keep hating the Jesuits. I don't get it. Well, see, oh, yeah. you know, here, here's the thing about that. We pretty much determined earlier today when when Christ decommitted from uh, Providence. Three star Providence Christ is not actually God's team. No, in fact, there's the stars devil's three team. days, boys. Three stars, three days. <laughs> so as far as as far as you know, this God's team thing is concerned, like we we pushed that's 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 gone. We're done. Awesome. Uh, you heard it here first. Austin King says Christ is gonna recommit and rise back in three days. <laughs> in three days he's coming back. But no, I, I think Providence, I get you guys hit him on the head. Providence, Villanova and Georgetown are probably going to be the ones that push back the hardest. Um, what they're Georgetown doesn't at, want another L. Yeah. Georgetown doesn't, Georgetown doesn't want a bulldog that looks exactly like them to kick their ass all the time. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I mean, Georgetown already has to deal with Patrick Ewing. Come on. let's. <laughs> John Thompson is chewing his prevent like uh, towel as we speak. <laughs> but those, I think those would be the big three. Um, I even think um, like St. John's is going to be okay with us coming in. They, you know, come to Madden, you know, come How to New cool York. would it be for Gonzaga to get to play in the garden almost every year? That would be so know, sick. Be a huge draw. Um, so I think, yeah, I think, I think those three, because realistically, Jay Wright and Mark View are good buddies. They've, you know, coached together on some of those USA teams and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But Jay Wright's not stupid either, man. He is the face of the Big East. And it, it, you bring a team like Gonzaga, now you're not the face anymore. You're, you share the face. So I think that could be an issue. Travel is the thing I keep hearing from the Big East side. 
everyone from Gonzaga knows we, we charter our flights. That's not a big deal at all. Um, but, and I think Josh, I think it was you that was posted all the like flight times to all the different places we go on the West right. coast. And it's like really not much difference in flight time. No. So no, you people know, don't understand West Coast geography and how far <laughs> everything is from each other. Yeah, the it's Western, like the Western you live United in... States is literally like four times bigger than the Eastern United it's, States. Yeah, it's like, yo, you live in Philadelphia. You don't understand that, like, you take an hour drive to get to the city. Like, if you want to go from Spokane to San Francisco, that's like a two and a half hour flight. Like, right. it's it's not the same thing. Yeah, so I kind of want to touch on that a little bit. So obviously, you know, we we I did post the flight times, and um, you know, a trip from Los Angeles, a trip from Spokane direct on charter from San Diego or to San Diego or Los Angeles from Spokane is almost identical to the same trip to Omaha, like literally three minutes difference in travel time. So, you know, granted, Omaha is the closest team in the Big East to Gonzaga. But another thing to consider is like the rest of the Midwest is only at most maybe 45 minutes or an hour extra in flight time. And then you get to the East Coast, like we're talking like four, you know, four and a half to five hours at the most for these flights. Like Gonzaga does this every single year in the non-conference. We've got flights to Birmingham next year. That's over four hours to Austin, to, to Kansas city. Um, we've got, you know, stuff going on uh, in our own conference. That's going to be three hour flight. So that's not, this isn't unusual as far as travel time. So this idea that geography is, is the huge kicker here. Yeah. I mean, on a map, it looks weird having Gonzaga in the big East, but this is 2022 everybody flies everywhere we charter our flights and really at the end of the day the the strenuousness of travel here is one-sided it's Mm -hmm. gonzaga that's going to have to make five or six trips a year back east it's not villanova providence georgetown who's going to be making those trips if you consider that maybe if this team if, if this team gets added to the big east and they they go to 12 teams they'll break it off into divisions we're looking at probably a Western group and an Eastern group. Gonzaga would play the Western group, teams like Creighton, Marquette, Xavier, Butler, DePaul, you know, on home and homes pretty much every year. And then you would have the Eastern group where we would just have a rotating schedule where really almost every other year, those teams would have to travel out West. It's, it's really not significant for them on that front. So I think, I think that concern and that criticism is unrealistic and it's also kind of like it's a way for them to leverage the most they can get out of this deal at the end of the day villanova georgetown and providence if they're making more money out of a tv deal that includes gonzaga than they would without then they're going to be on board yeah no i think that's a good point and then like for gonzaga's purposes like to i've heard all sorts of things from people like academics dude has anyone heard of online classes like come on every one of these kids is taking online classes it's 2022 not 1983 so <laughs> yeah i mean we don't have john stockton suiting up and showing up in the big east guys so no. it we have they, these kids take online classes and we have people travel with them tutors that help and get them on track like it's that is nothing um other thing is we have to go back east and they do split it up into divisions Maybe we play Providence um, on a Monday night. I think Big East 
are, are they like Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday Fridays, Wednesday, Fridays, whatever that, yeah, Wednesday, Friday. So you go Wednesday, Friday, and then a Sunday game. You play three, three games all on one road trip. You're gone for seven days and you come back home. Yep. So do these people we... know how far away Maui is? Like, is the Maui Invitational <laughs> off the table because it's an eight hour flight? What are we doing? Seriously. Yeah. No more Bahama. Like, we can't get there. We don't, hey. we don't travel times too far. No bad boy mowers for Gonzaga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, somebody, somebody brought that up uh, on my site. They're like, um, Mark Few takes an extra week in Maui because of the travel time. I'm like, no, he takes an extra week in Maui because it's Maui, guys. Like, let's be real <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's Maui's better than, Maui's better than Spokane in November. Weird. <laughs> Who would have right. thought? Well, I saw I saw some of those concerns too. Like, well, would you rather spend your week in California or would you rather spend your week in New York during the middle of winter? Okay. Well, first of all, um, as a fan, if you're assessing whether you want to go to a game, do you want to go watch a game at Madison Square Garden or Jenny Craig Pavilion? Yeah. <laughs> do you want to go watch a game at the freaking Palestra or do you want to watch a game at War Memorial Gym? Do you want bleachers or do you want like, actual seats? Come on. Like, what kind of question is that? Like, in, in, uh, Go ahead. Here's something, here's something that we haven't talked about. And like, this is more from the Big East side, but like, this is the spirit of the Big East. Most people that maybe aren't basketball historians, but Dave Gavitt was the person that brought this conference together out of nothing to compete with the ACC. And the Big East is something that was based around small private schools that cared about basketball. And there was a spirit of, we wanna to put together a conference that is going to be the best on the East Coast and compete. And they paired up with ESPN, they had a big TV deal, and that is what made them the best. And they were the most competitive league. And it was something that had never been seen, uh, but they had to do it. And this fits with the spirit of the Big East, where you are doing something now that brings in, you know, top five team in the country to pair with Villanova and make it the best conference outside of the Big 12 and be a legit threat to the Big 12 and what they're doing in basketball. And that is it in my opinion the only way that they can become that level of a conference is if they bring gonzaga in that's the only way and i think this fits absolutely with the spirit of the big east and what that conference has been and this would be a home run for them as well as for gonzaga and it gives gonzaga a spot at the table that you know we haven't had in the power conference and you know maybe we only think about the time under few um and you know maybe the next 10 years or however long he's going to be at gonzaga but you know 20 years down the road if you don't have few uh and you're sitting in the wcc still there's no guarantee that this program is a top 15 program this is this is exactly what i wanted to talk about i mean the first thing when uh other other people got word of this rumor where they were t uh, a lot of Big East fans were saying, well, you know, I hope Mark V wasn't hit by a meteorite because if that happens, this is a terrible deal. Uh, you know, there's these these WCC fans, there's these Gonzaga fans who are saying, what happens when few retires and we get lost in the shuffle in a Power 5 conference? <laughs> Folks, if Gonzaga is a Big East team, considering Gonzaga's notoriety, its brand with IMG, and being in inarguably the best basketball conference in in college basketball in the nation i i know you can make claims about the big 12 because of the top but ultimately that's a football conference if you 
have all those components. Gonzaga is a top 15 job in the country. You're no longer wondering what this program is after Mark View in terms of can it stay relevant? Yes, it's can they stay as good, but you're telling me that it becomes a mediocre job as soon as Mark View's gone when you're on national television 25 games, 30 games a year? How? How is that possible? And that's you're so you're exactly right. Like everybody wants to know, oh, is Tommy coming back after Few retires? And from Arizona to Gonzaga and the WCC, the answer is a hell no. He's not mm-hmm. leaving the Pac-12 for a WCC job. Guy like Tommy would leave Arizona, which is, you know, a program like that for a team that's top five in the Big East. The bet by that point in time, probably the best conference in all of basketball. I'm not saying Tommy exactly, but I'm saying a guy like that. Right. Well, and, right. and let's 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 think about that for a second because like Butler, here's here's a great example. Butler went to back-to-back national championship games, lost both years with Brad Stevens as the coach, which propelled Butler to then get a a spot in the Big East when they expanded and and you know went back to their Catholic roots or, or religious roots. And Butler lost Brad Stevens and then they kind of went into mediocrity over the last like, you know, decade. Um, they weren't terrible, but they weren't necessarily great either. And there was a lot of questions amongst Big East fans. Well, you know, maybe it was a mistake adding adding a butler to this to this conference because maybe they don't have the 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 chutzpah of, to be able to get a good coach. And then what did they do this offseason? They hire Thad Mata, who is considered to be one of the better coaches of the last like, you know, 20 years and honestly still surprisingly relatively young. Um mm-hmm. So, you know, this Butler is a great example of what could happen post Mark Few at Gonzaga. Maybe, maybe there's a five year, you know, period or six year period where things aren't necessarily great, but because you're in the big East, because you're in one of the best conferences in America, all of a sudden great coaches want to go work for you. All of a sudden you're on TV all the time. All of a sudden now you have all this extra money you can throw out there that you otherwise wouldn't have because the WCC is a mid-major conference. It's not a power conference and it never will be. And so if Gonzaga stays in the WCC, number one, we don't get a, ta- a seat at the table for with power leagues in the future. Number two, if the power leagues decide to drastically change what the NCAA tournament even looks like and no longer really cares about mid-majors, then what? What do we do then? Like if we're not already in a power league at that point, that there is no future. You know, mm-hmm. so this conversation about, well, is it is it really the right fit? Yeah, it's the right fit. There's no other better fit. The Pac-12 might be geographically better, but they they care about football. They care about research institutions. The yep. Big East cares about basketball. Basketball is king. That culturally speaking, Gonzaga fits the exact culture of the Big East. How many Jesuit universities are in the Big East, guys? Like five. Like, come mm-hmm. on. Like. Yeah. I mean, um, like, yeah, and, and like going back to even Butler. Uh, I mean, if Butler is in the Missouri Valley Conference still, does Thad Mata take that job? Yes, he is no. to the university, but that's a that's a wild step down for my guy. My guy, my yeah, guy could pick like that. no, no way. Hey, yeah. he interviewed for multiple SEC jobs over the last like what two or three years, and ultimately every single job wasn't better than the job he was waiting for, which was Butler because it's mm-hmm. in the big east well look at sean miller man like there's yeah he got the raw end of the deal at arizona 
but he could have gone to pit. He's that he's that freaking Xavier who finished seventh in the Big East this year, right. like over over it. his school pit. Yes, yes, exactly. Right. He he chose to go to Xavier, and honestly, it's a damn good job. And they're mid mid pack at best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, end of the day, the reason why we've been in the WCC for so long is geography, but it's also because of cultural fit it fits our program like a glove as far as just the the rest of the universities are basketball first the rest of the universities are religious institutions the same can be said for the big east the only reason this didn't happen seven years ago when the big east reformed is because we're in freaking spokane washington on the west coast that's it Mm -hmm. I, I still like this this harkens back i distinctly remember as a kid in spokane that was obsessed with this team and this university, eventually going to that university. I remember distinctly the process of getting that McCarthy Athletic Center and how doomer some people were about the entire process. That's the reason it's only what, 6,800 seats is because everybody's like, well, what happens if this ride ends? What happens if we don't keep, we don't go any higher? And now, you know, I think that that arena could have been a little bit bigger. I mean, this is the same Doomer energy. Are are these people that are saying that we're going to get lost in the shuffle in the Big East, that we're going to become a small fish in a big pond? Are they also dooming that we're going back to the Martin Center when Fee retires? (laughs) Like, what are we doing? At the end of the day, like, let's talk about Coach Few for a moment and his legacy at Gonzaga. The man took a program. Well, you know, he inherited a program that that was on the rise, but was a mid-major with with little to no cachet in the general, you know, PRs, the, the general public. He took this program and consistently continued the the process of of recruiting better and better talent and winning more and more games. He's gotten the program to two national title games in the last five years. He's been to seven straight Sweet Sixteens. He's signed top recruits in the nation like Jalen Suggs and Chet Holmgren. This is the next check mark on his legacy because mm-hmm. now he can say, I took Gonzaga, a team, a little tiny Jesuit university in the middle of the inland Northwest, and I brought them all the way to the mountaintop, to the Big East, the greatest basketball league in the world. This is a school that when he became an assistant coach was thinking about ending it all, ending sports. And you're telling me that that guy can join, get, can get this program to the best basketball conference in America. You're telling me that a guy who had to figure out gas for vans on recruiting trips is going to be like, no, you know, I don't think we're ready for this. This would be the, this would be the biggest feather in his cap outside of a national championship, getting his team to be first overall in the country. That's, this is a bigger feather in your cap than so much much bigger, so much bigger than getting the first number one ranking in the AP poll. I don't think people get that. This is bigger than signing Chet Holmgren for the we program. Better, we better get cake if this happens. And, and and let's be clear, getting Chet Holmgren and the number one recruit is like absolutely massive for the program, not downsizing that. But this sets you up for 30 plus years of basketball. This right, sets right. the school up for, you know, one to two to three coaches after few retires. That is how big this move is. Right. And outside of the national title uh, in 2017, going to that game, 
this is the biggest moment or possibility in this program's history, in my opinion. Generational wealth, baby. Mm-hmm. Let's let's you know the finances fit. The TV deal is enormous. The the cachet, the PR, the ability to grow your brand in the biggest markets in America, the ability to continue to to make that relationship with Nike shine. Like, mm-hmm. do you realize how much money Nike would be willing to pour into a program that plays in Madison Square Garden or, you know, in Philadelphia or Boston or Providence or you name it across the East Coast every single year, Hartford, um, Omaha, you know, yeah. <laughs> Chicago, <laughs> Cincinnati, um, Josh's favorite right. city, Cincinnati. Milwaukee, it's Chile. So, you know, yeah, it, it's the finances fit. There was a reason why the Mountain West didn't work out. It wasn't because it wasn't a better league. It is technically a better league. You know, the, the markets are better. The teams are better. The, they're tougher. It's a, di- a more difficult gauntlet on the schedule. But the money didn't work because we'd be leaving behind tens of millions, not even not even 10 million, but we're talking like potentially 30 plus million dollars over the next five years in tourney shares that we'd be leaving behind in the WCC if we make this move. Mm-hmm. The Mountain West wasn't going to cover that. The Big East offer, will offer the ability to, to get back that money via TV deals. The Big East can cover a lot of that financially, you're right. But there's also our buyout. And, you know, if we leave early from the WCC, we got a buyout. And that's all part of the negotiation process. The Big East has money, guys. They can right. help with that stuff. Like the Big East, they generate a shit ton of money. Like that's it's easy as that. But I do. I want to. We're very optimistic right now, and you know this is why. <laughs> this is this is this is why we asked. This is why we went viral yesterday. <laughs> but I'm going to caution: the WCC is not going down out of fight here. Um, one thing that they they're gonna I, I can see it now what's gonna happen we're gonna be like oh you keep all our olympic sports they're gonna put the middle finger up as fast as they can mm-hmm. and then it's trying to find another home for the uh, those olympic sports that make no money like we could talk about how financially beneficial this is for the basketball program but when you run an entire university mm-hmm. is it the right fit and that's I, i'm gonna caution that and i I'm one of the more optimistic people there is. This this is more than just basketball. And there's a reason that I hinted at something going down today that didn't just include or just didn't include the athletic basketball program. And I'm not going to talk more about that. You tease. Well, yeah, you could, I, I did tease. You could, you could sign up to my site and check it out. But I, <laughs> yeah, I might throw Caldwell their bag, bro. Everybody... I, I, after today, man, I nothing's getting leaked anymore. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and that and that's you know what like I said before, this is this is probably the biggest hurdle because you have to question like what is the fit for the rest of the sports? Base mm-hmm. Gonzaga baseball, baseball is a really great program, a, yeah. a developing, growing national program. Yeah. Um, and while it may not necessarily make the money that basketball does it's it, there's a certain level of prominence that 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 brings and you know the i i i sit and think about it and and to me like a league like the big west would be really interesting in the event that something with the wcc can't be worked out i'm not saying that's even in the works i don't i have no idea about who they've talked to other leagues anything like that yet if that's even happened but 
um, you know, the big West has like Cal state Fulton, which has won like four national championships. They mm-hmm. have long beach mm-hmm. state, which has a storied baseball history. UC Irvine, um, you know, it's Those a very, are all different, very good baseball program. Absolutely. It's a very different league baseball wise and volleyball, by the way, um, than the rest of the country. Like it's, for- it's an actual, like a borderline major conference for those sports. So and- and can't you do like a handshake deal? Like, hey, we'll throw you some very generous buy games for the men's basketball team for you to come up to Spokane. I would like, not be surprised at all if there was some sort of scheduling agreement for the non-conference worked into a deal like that. Shoot, if the WCC, if things are amicable enough to maintain our Olympic sports in that league, there could be some sort of scheduling agreement between Gonzaga and the rest of the Big East with the WCC. That's very possible. It's not some to throw out the window so um you know again like caldwell said don't necessarily think this is a done deal it's not there's a lot of moving parts and let's be real the more rumors and uproar that's out there in the community won't actually help the negotiation there was actually talk when creighton was joining the big east that that some of their insiders almost scuttled that deal by speaking too openly about what was happening behind closed doors so you know what caldwell is saying is like don't don't try to leak this information you know too early like let the process work itself out let's not forget what happened to boise state like boise state had madison square garden new york city lit up announcing their entry into the big east and uh finito not happening sorry better luck next time (laughs) hey boise state just so kind of put another little rumor out that um boise state just announced a huge like renovation deal. They're going to athletic complex. Boise State's going big 12. So if they leave the Mountain West and that's, I, I live down here. So if they leave the Mountain West, like there is no real reason for us to join a quote unquote super conference with the Mountain West and the WCC. Cause mm-hmm. they're one of the programs that consistently is a top five, six program. But San Diego State tells us all the time how good they are. <laughs> what what yeah. seed were they this year? Yeah. Uh, I know what day they lost in the tournament. I know that. <laughs> I don't know the seed. Okay. So, I want to ask just about those other conferences because, like, Josh, you threw around a couple of names at the beginning of that um, about where the possible Olympic sports could fit if that's one of the bigger things holding it back or something that not holding it back, just something that would have to be solved in order to make it happen. Right. Um, if we put it that way, um, you said the big sky, I think the big sky would be a good spot just because of the like competitiveness of that conference, the locations, the schools, the sizes. The only thing I'm curious about is the, to my knowledge, the big sky is all public state universities. Um, I don't know if that still, if that plays anything into them or not. Um, and I just curious about that because, you know, Eastern Washington being right there, you know, and being so close, what pull they might have to be able to say, you know, we'd right. love to see some Gonzaga sports come around. Yeah. But the Big Sky is also a football conference, like University yeah. of Montana, Eastern. Um, That'd be a step but, down for the baseball program, man. I, I agree, but I'm just curious, like in terms so of the is Big that Sky, the best spot or the best Big case Sky scenario? could be a fit. Um, and also, another thing to keep in mind is Gonzaga used to be part of the Big Sky before they were in the WCC, so. Um, there is a relationship there in the past. Granted, that was like 50 years ago at this point. So, you know, a long time. But 
Um, it's possible. I, I still personally think the best fit would be to stay in the WCC for all the other sports and to work out some sort of scheduling agreement for basketball um, on some level. But if that can't work, I, I hope I hope and personally pray that the, the Big East would work, or excuse me, the Big West would work for the rest of the sports because, um, again, baseball is king there. And, you know, baseball, Gonzaga baseball would thrive in that league. Um, I also think that, that they bring a lot of value to that league on that front, you know, as far as helping the other teams build a resume for the College World Series and, you know, so on and so forth. Um, and then Gonzaga volleyball would thrive there as well. Soccer, like, you know, all yeah, of it. I was like, going to say women's soccer is kind of on the come up too recently. That's right. right. So. Track and field at Gonzaga has been blowing up lately. And that's, it, you know. Yeah. I mean, like that cross country team has had like major, major stars in like the last 10 years. And like, ultimately, if if that does happen at Gonzaga's in the Big East and the Big West, I mean, you got to change the slogan to anytime, anywhere at that point. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I also, I kind of wanted to touch on one last thing before we, you know, maybe close this out. And that is this idea that certain national accounts have enough cachet <laughs> to be able to shoot down the fact that rumors are good or bad or label them whatever they want. Look, at the end of the day, um, there are certain rumors that came out last year, re-Tommy Lloyd, that that same account shot down immediately as in that's not happening there's no possible way and this person is an alum he of that university be named i right. remember somebody on this podcast hey, being one of the first uh, people that uh informed us all yeah that i mean might be happening. caldwell i know he talked about it on his site i had people telling me i posted a tweet about it like three weeks before it happened you know we, so, we kind of knew what was going on there and national people weren't we had no idea Part of part of what happened in Arizona is alum like that certain account you're talking about threw a bitch fit that the that already hired Tommy Lloyd like the job was already Tommy's yeah and so then they went through this fake search for a coach for like three weeks like dragging it on like this this call happened from the search firm before they even fired Sean Miller to right. Tommy and be like hey are you interested. It happened in January and then some alum and, you know, former basketball players, but in particular, one guy that thinks he, one guy that likes to take a lot of credit for shit that isn't his on Twitter. And then, you know, mm -hmm. um, but like, then they threw a fit and they, they all of a sudden the athletic department's like, well, we got to do something about this. We got to make, these are our boosters. They give us a lot of money. We got to make right. them happy. But dude, like, yeah, these national guys, half the time they get their sources from local sources. Yeah. And then they claim it's their own. Like, I love today, uh, all the St. Mary's dude, he was trolling that one account big time. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, Randy told me personally, what are you going to do about it? Right. And you know what? Uh, I know that dude. And he does talk to Randy Bennett multiple times a week. So oh, I, I know I know him too. I just didn't want to throw out his name. No, no, I'm not. I'm not going to say his name either because he, I, I loved name. it because he like, plays for the Spurs, I believe. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then another point on that too is like, as far as Tommy's relationship with Arizona, like there is a booster that m people inside Gonzaga know who was the literally booster a booster, too. right, for Gonzaga and arizona who handpicked tommy lloyd months 
before the season had even ended and was working in his corner the entire time to make sure that happened. So this idea, there's no such, these rumors are not true. There's no, this isn't, come on. Like the, the people who know what's going on inside the program know that's BS. I've talked to other boosters at Gonzaga. I've talked to other people who are inside, who know what they're talking about, who confirmed exactly what you said on your website, Caldwell. So period. Like it's, it's BS and I hate it when I hear people say, well, that's not true. Come on. It's, it's true. You can't, you're not allowed to report it. That's why it's not true. They're not letting you report it. What, what good does anything come of Vega self-proclaimed best reporter there is reporting this right now? it's going to take some time to come out. Right. Like what people don't understand, like when I, when I put stuff out there, like my ass is on the line, like, because I don't report enough stuff. Like I report only Gonzaga stuff. Right. I don't report stuff. And then I can mess up 40 times, man, the last two months, there, there's a certain 18 year old that made me look like an idiot. And I have supporters that I get emails all the time. Like, do you even know what you're doing anymore? No, I don't. I just make it up. I shake my magic eight ball, guys. <laughs> like, let's be real. That's all I do. And I, I make it up, but I'm right. How Dude. often? Like, it, it, it's like. Yeah, it's. Well, Jeff, and, it, and it's absurd that people would hold you accountable for what an 18 year old is deciding. Like, an 18 year old is going to choose what they're going to do. And no matter what they tell other people and what you hear back, is irrelevant because they're going to still make their decision end of day. And, and let's be real. Like um, that's fine. He's allowed but, to do that. <laughs> exactly. And, but, and that's the crazy thing about recruiting too, but guy like, you know, national guys, like I'll just throw out, you know, like Dick Vitale, man. Uh, Cause I'll use him cause he doesn't do this shit. But if he puts something out there, like it's because ESPN told him, Hey, drop this. Right. Like this is going to happen. Like you're not going to be wrong. That's why, you know, these, these recruiting places, uh, rivals, they all get their picks, right. They're hundred percent of the time. Right. Because, you know, they send tip in the little, Hey, this is who we're going to pick everybody. Now let's pick that. He's going to go to Arkansas instead of Gonzaga. Like they don't get it right because they know anything. They get it right because the final answer has come to their doorstep. Yeah, I, I sent a tweet about that around the same time when this certain individual was committing. And Okay, um, we don't have to say certain individual <laughs> like he committed a crime. Well, I'm not like, trying to talk down about him because it's not his yeah, fault. Yeah, no, and like he made a choice. Right. And he made a choice, yeah. and best of luck to I'm him. Okay I, hope he, that, right? I hope he crushes just, it. He looks like a very talented totally prospect. That. And you know, I'm, what? Just, I'm just saying like as Arkansas far as... doesn't have enough scholarships for him, maybe he comes knocking on our door again. I wonder who we're talking about now, (laughs) (laughs) but no, I, I, what I was saying was basically like these, these national recruiting analysts, these guys who everybody looks to, to tell them what's happening. They all said that he was coming to Gonzaga and -hmm. then literally the morning of flip their pick to Arkansas. How is that a crystal ball? How are you giving us any sort of insight into the situation at all if you don't know what's happening until the morning of because he literally flipped his decision overnight? And like, that's what happened. And, folks, this is exactly why if you follow at Tuck Clary, Twitter <laughs> handle, Scoop Clary, Realignment Truth, or Diamond Hand Emoji, you'll understand that I have the scoops and I will give you the information as soon as I have it. Drop the portal login. The scoops are there. Uh, I I have a portal password and uh, things are about to get crazy. 
And end of day, this is not a competition. This isn't like us versus anybody else. What this is, is simply that someone claimed that the, that the things that other people have heard were wrong. And end of day, you can't tell me what I'm hearing is wrong when I hear this from other people for other things and they were right. So, you know, I'm not going to, the people who we talk to, they don't lie. They tell us what they hear. They tell us what's going on in their situation. And, you know, will this actually happen or not? That remains to be seen because there's still stuff to be done. There's still work to be done on the back end of this. And, um, you know, just be patient. Like things may work out in our favor on this and we might end up potentially moving conferences to the Big East. Maybe not. It's it's all about the negotiation and the process at this point. I, I tweeted this when a uh, certain, a very accomplished uh, Clemson graduate and basketball analyst called these bad rumors. Um, they're not bad rumors, folks. They're very well-intentioned rumors. Understand, there's nothing nefarious, bad, or improper about these. Please, please, please let us go. Please, Big East, please. <laughs> please take us. All right. Well, um, yeah. So the the last thing that I wanted to talk about as far as the impact of the Big East while we've got Caldwell here is recruiting. Um, you know, obviously we've done a good job over the last five years growing uh, the kind of recruits that Gonzaga can go after. But I'm curious what you think this impact will be as far as maybe, you know, getting into homes of kids on the East Coast and opening up you know, the whole East Coast to us, uh, particularly the Northeast when it comes to recruits, what kind of impact do you see this having? So, like, the one thing about the Big East being if they do a West division versus an East division, it does put us in the homes of kids in Chicago where we do really well right now. Mm-hmm. But it it's more exposure also. And I think that that demographic we do very well with um roger gentry those guys they know that area really well we recruit well there but i think it's in new york city the greater new york city area that would be the the biggest draw for us on the recruiting side we don't get kids from there like doesn't happen um so we go there play in madison square we freaking blow teams out on the east coast by 20 30 points because you know we play in playing nobody conference is what the narrative will be but um we go there and we show our brand of basketball it's it's different than big east basketball um a little bit not not entirely but we're gonna get in homes of these kids that want to get up and down the court and they want to get out and run that don't heck half these kids on the east coast think gonzag is a high school out of washington dc guys right like and that's so we get in those homes because now all of a sudden it's like, oh, they really are a college on the West Coast. And that's all right. It's a little different than being in, you know, in Queens. Like, let's let me go try this. Let's go play basketball and only focus on basketball for four years of my life. Right. And 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 if you look at the adjusted tempo of the Big East, Gonzaga would slot, slot in as the second fastest tempo with St. John's and the only ones in the top 20 those two programs, St. John's, a notorious New York institution. Uh, I think also when we're talking about recruiting, we talk a lot about the pitch we make. We don't talk enough about the the other pitches are saying about our pitch. 
I mean, this is notorious, like Bobby Bowden in football. We often talked about or heard about how uh, other schools would bring up his health as a reason not to go to Florida State. You don't think, I mean, listen to what Eric Musselman said in the press conference as soon as that game was over. He said, Gonzaga was not ready for us because they don't play anyone like us. They play guys like us in November, but nobody in the last three months of the season. If you don't think that is being said even more intensely in recruiting trips when coaches know that Gonzaga is also on this kid, you're you're fooling yourself. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's it's said all the time. I mean, it is probably the biggest thing we have to overcome, and we've made we've made headway. Like you go down to Southern California to recruit a kid, like that's all the Pac-12 t- tells the kids is like Gonzaga plays nobody. They play like they play. University of San Diego. We didn't know they had a basketball team. And, you know, and so that's what gets told to these kids repeatedly. Like, we'll put you on the best West Coast stage you can be on. Well, now you're on a national stage. If you're on the Big East, it's a national stage. You, you recruit kids from California all the way to New York and everywhere in between. So. Absolutely. And then another thing we didn't talk about exactly is like, hey, if you're a kid from New York and all of a sudden you're considering Gonzaga, well, guess what? Your family actually gets to see you when you go and play in New York. Like you actually get to see your family. And and uh, not just not just at St. John's or like you can go right across the river. You can go and see, oh, you're playing at Villanova. Yeah. Okay. That's an hour drive from Manhattan or whatever. And like, you don't have to, I mean, think about, we just had Ray on, like how far he had to fly from Virginia to go see his kid play basketball has to go to fly to Vegas to see his kid where it's like, Oh, okay. Well, guess what? Now he just has to go from Virginia to New York or from Virginia to Philadelphia or whatever. That's so much closer and so much more doable. It's, so the it's one like, thing, it opens everything up. And I don't know, like, I'm speculating here. This is just me talking, not anything I've heard. But the one thing I would caution about the Big East, we're going to hit the East Coast hard, but then the exact same counter argument happens with those Southern California kids. Like, hey, you don't get to watch your kid play. Yeah, it's at a high school gym, but you don't get to watch your kid play. My counter to that would simply be that the non-conference schedule for Gonzaga suddenly becomes more Western U.S. Mm-hmm. oriented because all of that travel we're doing back East during conference play, we don't have to schedule, uh, you know, Texas or, or Alabama or, you know, Michigan yeah. state every yeah. year. Like now we can play California schools during you, the non-conference. Every I, think you have year. To. I think that's perfect. Even going to a level of what did we see this year, the non-conference that we all thought, wow, this works really well, actually. And this should become an institution. Spo Vegas, baby, Las Vegas. Yeah. If there's an, if there's a residency for Gonzaga basketball in Las Vegas, it, it's like, it's not the most fun car drive from Los Angeles, but it sure as hell is doable. Like Las Vegas is central enough that you could get a lot of those California families to be okay seeing their kid play three games and then come up to Spokane for a couple. Yeah, so tough to make that week trip up to Vegas and chill at the MGM, you know, and just gamble all your money away, hang out at the pool. <laughs> it's not too bad. Uh, NIL, Sonic. NIL. Exactly, exactly. Well, hey, you know, I really appreciate you coming on, Caldwell. I appreciate your insight on recruiting, on this Big East information. Um, You know, I appreciate you spending time talking to us all the time and just being a good friend. Like, 
I appreciate you a, a whole lot. Immense well, knowledge. I, I appreciate you guys too, man. You you four are like some of the coolest Zeg fans to just chill with and talk to. And so glad you guys had me on this one. I mean, dropped a little bit of insight. I think a couple people maybe like, you know, strike nowhere, a little disappointed. I wasn't going to drop some big chat news tonight, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, realistically, like guys, Gonzaga community is the best. Like we are truly the best basketball community there is. And Absolutely. I, you four have done wonders for this community. So I thank you for that. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank appreciate you. It. Hey, so make sure everybody goes out, CaldwellZagRecruitingNews.com, and follow Caldwell over at, at Zag Caldwell on Twitter. He's got some lines out. <laughs> <laughs>